welcome into Tax Hogs. My name is Kyle Sutherland. If you have been liking our stuff, please be sure to subscribe and share. Get our name out there. Happy to be joined today by Matt Grissom. He is the host of the Fans Edge. Uh, they'll be covering all of college football and just sports in general uh, to to associate with all of you guys. And uh, Matt, it's, it's good to have you on today. Ready to talk some college football. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Ready for, for the Razorbacks to kick off Saturday. Well, we finally got the news that we've all been waiting for for the starting quarterback position, and it was Ben Hicks, as we should all know by now. What is your reaction to when Coach Morris named him the starter yesterday at his press conference? Well, it's a good thing that we waited a day to do this now because had had you taken my take yesterday, I was very displeased with the decision, um, which – I'm not going to act like I'm a coach. I don't know anything about the X's and O's of football from a player standpoint, but um, I just you you heard all through the the fall camp that Nick Starkle had the explosive arm. He looked good in practice. He was getting the ball in the end zone, and then you didn't really hear much about Ben Hicks. I mean, other than he did some good things. I know the the last scrimmage that we had, he said Ben made some good checks. And you know that he went zero touchdowns with one interception. Starkle had three touchdowns and one interception. So I, I guess it just my expectations were that Starkle was going to start. And then when he didn't, I, I was kind of scratching my head wondering if if Ben knowing the playbook made that much of a difference. And I guess now we we know that it did. I think that that really was the key. And and this is stuff that I've really kind of been talking about with people on, on my podcast and just ones that I've been on. Ben doesn't have the experience or it doesn't have the talent that Nick Starkle does. And I mean, you know, that's, that's kind of neither here nor there. I mean, yes, Starkle has the arm talent for sure. I mean, he's got that over him all, all day long, but when you've got a guy like Ben Hicks, it's been in the system for three years, as opposed to Nick Starkle's for three weeks, I think that really right. what you got to look at the overall picture of it. And, and I, I understand why people are upset about the whole, about why he chose him over, over Starkle, because that's what we have been hearing is that he's got the stronger arm. He throws a very crisp ball, tight spiral, just about every play. Whereas you've got Ben on the other side that is, has gotten the nickname pick six Hicks. He's got 34 interceptions over his three years starting at SMU. So I, I can kind of see both sides of it. And, Probably the best argument, I, I do support the decision. I'll go ahead and say that now. I've talked about it with a lot of people on Twitter, over the phone, just whatever the case may be. Uh, I do support the decision, but I have said all along that that Starkle will probably eventually take over. And the the argument that I hear the most is why not get him the reps in Portland against Portland State as opposed to waiting until you get to A&M or into SEC play. And my response to that would be, is yeah, you want to you want to try to get him the reps in the so-called tune-up games, but I think at the same time, when you have as young of a team, and there's twelve guys, the twelve true freshmen or fre- freshmen in general on this depth chart on the two deep that was just released yesterday, and you look at the receiving core, there's two true freshmen, one one true sophomore, and Mike Woods. He knows exactly where they're going to have to line up. Nick may know the plays, but I doubt that he knows the ins and outs of each and every play in terms of the routes and, and the audibles to the extent that Hicks does. That's just kind of my opinion. I don't know exactly where he's at on it, but I do think with the with the must win that this the must win situation that this coaching staff is in right now, I just think that it is probably best that they did go with Hicks to start off. 
Yeah, and I guess just going through the fall camp, that's when my assumption started leading towards Starkle. But if you would have told me, you know, back in after the spring game that, hey, Ben Hicks is going to be the starter, I probably wouldn't have been surprised. In fact, I know I wouldn't have been surprised at all. I mean, he came in, he knew the system, he thrived when Chad Morris was there, he took a slump when it, whenever he was gone. Um, they're reunited again with better talent around them. So I, I think the the moniker of pick six Hicks, that's kind of unfair to call him that, I, which I may have thrown that out yesterday. I, I, I was pretty upset. Uh, and now that I've kind of read and, and thought about it, I've had, you know, had a minute to think about Ben Hicks starting. And I agree. I mean, right there, you've got uh, 10 other guys on the field with him that he's got to be responsible for making sure that they line up in the right, you know, right spot. They make the right cut. And I don't, I don't know if Nick Starkle knows that. So, um, and then it's still listed as or on the depth chart. So, you know, Starkle's going to take some snaps and um, you're probably going to end up seeing all four quarterbacks, but I, yeah, I, I understand the, the starting Ben Hicks now and I didn't yesterday, but after some reading and and then listening to uh, Tommy and John this morning on on hit that line, I, I they made some good points and and now I, I see it. So I'm on the Ben Hicks train for now, but definitely think Nick Starkle is going to be playing. Yeah, I, and I starting agree. soon. I, I've that's what that's what I've said all along. I know many people have said that all along, and I and I've stuck with it. Another stat that I don't think people are paying attention to is when Chad and Ben were rebuilding this thing at SMU. He threw almost in the two years that he started under Chad Morris. He threw almost a thousand passes. He didn't have much of a running game. He had basically no defense. I mean, you look at some of those those scores in those games. I mean, it was just they're having they're having to basically outscore people because the defense couldn't stop anybody. And so I, I don't know how much better of a. De- I, I definitely know that he'll have a better defense this year than he ever had at SMU. It's hard to say that he's going to have more talent at receiver when you have guys like Cortland Sutton, who is up and coming for the Denver Broncos, and also Trey Quinn, who had he not gotten hurt last year for the Redskins, he would have finished off the season really well. But you definitely have a lot of super young talent at that position, the most that we've seen since the Joe Adams, Greg Childs, Jarius Wright days without question. And you've got a solid backfield to go along with that. And really, at this point, you've just got to get the offensive line to come together. And I I think that – I mean, even Chad and Joe Craddock said it, that really the final final key that came down to them starting him, they didn't even really talk about talent. They talked about that he's earned the right to start and that he has the experience. He knows exactly where guys are going to be lined up. I mean, just think about it. Let's say he goes into Ole Miss and – you're, you're you're trying to score on the last drive or trying to maybe not even score a touchdown. You're trying to lead, lead them down the field to get a last-minute field goal to win the game. And he looks at the defense and he sees, okay, I need to audible Mike Woods into a curl instead of running this out. Does Nick Starkle know that at this point? Not that he's dumb or anything. It's just he doesn't have the experience yet, not even close to it. Again, he's only truly been in this offense for about a month at this point. So – I do, right. I do get all the frustrations, but I think really at the end of the day that I, I, I don't really see either one of them being a bad, a bad decision. Um, but I still think I was going to ask you this next. I think that this is about a five win team, realistically, just what we know on paper. I think that they can improve as the year goes along. But what do you believe that this team can do? What do you think that this like that? A, give me a realistic scenario and also one that uh, you think is a best case. 
Uh, well, I think worst case scenario, four and eight. Best case scenario, seven and five. Um, but I, I honestly, I really think we're going to upset Ole Miss at Ole Miss. And then I think we could somehow get by um, either in Auburn or uh, Kentucky in the SEC. I think we can go six and six. And it's going to take, you know, it's going to take getting the quarterback position. We can't do this back and forth. You know, that's what killed us last year was had we gone with Ty Story from the beginning, I, I don't think we end up two and ten. I just don't. I mean, you can take back the the Ole Miss game where he went down and Boyd went down. But, you know, moving on now, I think we've got a much better quarterback room and a quarterback alone can can make the difference. So I really think if we get the quarterback nailed down and, and who knows, Ben Hicks may come out and throw five touchdowns versus Portland State and look amazing. And then, you know, we've got that momentum rolling into Ole Miss and Starkle didn't even see the field. We don't know. And I think that's the – the biggest problem with this fan base right now is uh, the, when you're winning, um, and, and until we start winning, pessimism is going to continue to reign supreme over optimism. It if if we come off a two, a ten and two team, uh, season, and we've got the same quarterback battle going on, we're not going to question Chad Morris if he starts one guy over the other. Coming off a two and ten year, and that's what you've got. You've got half the fan base that thinks that. Chad Morris is an idiot and he's made the wrong decision. But uh, something I want to touch on that is, did did you hear anybody complain about Nick Saban whenever Tua Tagovailoa came in at the second half of the national championship to win? I mean, I don't believe were, so. were people. I, I don't recall seeing anything just because Jalen Hurts was playing so bad. Exactly. And and the, the better quarterback didn't start game one for Alabama. Um and this is just changing. I know they're completely different animals, but um, that's what happens when you win is the head coach isn't in question. Uh, the same thing happened with Clemson last year. Kelly Bryant was the starter for game one. But looking back, Trevor Lawrence was obviously the guy, and that showed to be true through the season. So everybody that's so gung-ho on Nick Starkle, just pump the brakes a little bit, let Ben start. It'll work itself out, and the better quarterback – that should be starting by the time the games roll around that we need to be winning, that that guy will come forward and and Chad will go with the right guy at that time. And like you said, right now it's about all 22 positions getting better. And if Ben Hicks is the guy that's going to put everybody in the best position to win now, that's that's why Chad Morris went with, with Hicks. Well, and I, and I noticed earlier you mentioned uh, John Neighbors listened to his show, and I, I was listening to that earlier as well. And and, and I want to be careful about saying this because I'm not saying that he said this was going to happen, but he, he talked about a hypothetical situation in which may, they, maybe they could be possibly starting Ben Hicks because they want to have an element of surprise for Nick Starkle against Ole Miss. That way they have no tape on him whatsoever. Again, that's, that's a total good point. hypothetical speaking. But you look at the situation like that. I mean, you mentioned Alabama, but look at what look at Tyler Wilson against Alabama or against Auburn in 2010. Ryan Mallett goes down, and then Tyler Wilson comes in after basically before that, just playing mop up duty, comes in, passes for over 300 yards, and had Auburn's defense not got a couple of stops and Cam Newton not rush for 200 yards. There's no telling what way that game. I mean, granted, I think that game's like 65 to 43 or something, so it wasn't that close. But my point is, is Tyler Wilson comes off the bench in the Plains, away game, has never played in this big of a game, not even close to it, 
and look at what he does. And then we saw the future right there. So I think that really, and, and even, even with the takes that we have, and we both have said at this point, we agree with, with them starting Ben Hicks. We probably, it's probably going to be Ben Starkle or sorry, Nick Starkle later on in the season, whether that's early, whether it's mid or later, whenever it may be. But then again, I, I think that I've, I've kind of started to have the bad habit of, well, when Nick takes over, I mean, we don't even know. I think that we just put that in. Our, so many of us have put that in our head. Like you said, right now we're just talking, and and, and it's going to be pessimism. I wouldn't say that that I've been pessimist right now. I, I don't. You don't seem to be either. But yeah, the overall fan base certainly has. And all you have to do is look at Twitter yesterday. I mean, it wasn't five minutes until whenever yeah, Chad Morris made the decision. The state was on fire. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just all over the place. I mean, we we wanted this decision to come so badly for so long. I think mostly in the back of our minds, we probably knew that this was going to happen. To anybody that's reasonable, and what I mean, even Scooter Harris, it took him an hour to have to come out and say, "Hey, well, why don't we get behind the guy instead of bashing him?" Right. Well, and and Nick Starkle fought an uphill battle getting on campus from having to learn the playbook all over. I know he said that he knew it, and and I think he can run it, but that verbiage that Chad Morris's system takes. And like you said, if if we're on a game winning drive and he's got to look over at that receiver and shout something out in the, you know, with three seconds left and the defense, uh, you know, getting into you on the line and the crowd going nuts, are you going to remember what word or phrase you've got to say in that moment to get him to do, or are you going to revert back to the Sumlin playbook or the uh, the Jimbo Fisher playbook? So I get it. I mean, I I definitely understand. Ben Hicks knows knows what he's doing out there and and I you know I put my trust in Chad Morris that he knows more than I about where this team needs to be and and who needs to be the starter. So uh one other thing I wanted to ask you is um as far as the depth chart in a whole is there are there any other surprises you had cuz I I was kind of intrigued by um the the starting punt returner being Traylon Burks, a guy that just came off of a uh, a pretty nasty knee injury in high school. I don't know. Do you you put a guy like that back there? I mean, I know we we dealt with that with Joe Adams. Everybody saying he's too talented to just be a you know back there returning punts and risking injury. But do you like him being there as the playmaker? Well, heard, he's just he's definitely the biggest punt returner in the country. But I mean, he's looking like a linebacker returning punts back there. But from from what we've seen, what we've heard, that from what little the media has seen in practices, he's back to full speed, not even wearing a knee brace. It's almost like nothing ever happened. I mean, he's just making crazy plays. And so if he can get it done, then I'm all for it. Uh, I mean, I, I thought that it, after Deion Stewart went down, I thought that it might be a guy you might bring TQ Jackson. I don't know if you saw some of his highlight tapes of him returning punts. I didn't think that it was going to be Traylon, but I, I'm definitely not against it. I, I think that I think that he's shown in the past that he can do that. And so um, I, I'm, I'm all for it if that's what they think that they should do. Well, good. I'm, I'm excited. Then you, uh, I, you definitely don't want to see somebody get hurt when you're so limited. But I think we've got a pretty good slew of wide receivers out there, just between you know Jordan Jones and Davion Warren and Trey Knox. Obviously, I don't know what his sickness has been. I know he's been out. He's um, he's hopefully good to go for Week One. But I'm just excited for the season to get here. Uh, enough talking, and you know I, I'm ready for. 
us to be optimistic about the Razorbacks again after a two and ten year. I mean, it just I had season tickets. I was there for every home game, stayed for every brutal second down to the last, and just the the disdain that you just felt like, come on, we deserve so much better than this. I mean, this is our college team. This is our pro team. Uh, we we've, we've got to get back on a winning track. And I'm I'm a big Chad Morris fan, and I, I really want to see him succeed. I'm with you. I want to go back real quick to you mentioned that uh, you you think that we're going to beat Ole Miss. Now, let's just say hypothetically. Now, I I actually do have us losing to Ole Miss. The reason why I picked that is because there's just so many uncertainties for both teams. Both both of them are starting a new quarterback. Just a lot of new faces. The only reason why I gave Ole Miss the edge is just because they're the home team. I have no other reason than than that. That uh, I, I picked us to get, of course, the four non-conference wins and then either surprise Kentucky or surprise either Mississippi – I believe it was either Mississippi State or Missouri. I can't remember my exact predictions. But what do you think we'll have? Let, let's just let's, – let's start off. Let's just say that they blow out Portland State, San Jose State, and Colorado State like they should, but they lose to Ole Miss. What do you think the mindset will be at that point? I think they will just knowing Chad Morris is his personality type. I think he's going to say, "Hey, man, there's eight more games that we've got to go out and compete and try to win." And no, I'm sorry, that, I'm sorry. It's, the it's fan always going to be not the team. oh, the fan base. Yeah, what do you think the fan? Uh, I'm well, sorry, I should you know, I should have clarified. What do you think the fan base will be? No, like? no, no. You're fine. Well, the fan base is going to explode over division if Hicks throws one bad pass versus Portland State, first off. And that's that's not fair. It's not deserved, but it's a product of being a 2-10 and ten team. Every, question, every call that Chad Morris makes is going to be questioned by the fans. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm on the optimism side of it. I've got friends that are definitely, you know, they, they're like, man, don't get your hopes up. We're 4-8. and eight. But I think we can still beat – Kentucky's not going to be that good. They lost Josh Allen on the defensive side and Benny Snell on the offensive side. Kentucky's home games are not, you know, anything super intimidating, um, especially when you consider that we're having to go to LSU and Alabama. They're going to be – you know, it'll be after the Alabama game. But um, I just – I think we've got to keep – that positivity and know that we've got a really young group, but we've got a much more talented group than we did last year. So, and we were, we were close in a few of those games last year that we could have won. And, uh, and I think just maintaining that momentum and and knowing we've got a young squad that could go out there and surprise some people in, any week is, uh, is the only way we're going to be able to cope with, with this team and whatever happens. So um, the old Miss game is a big, big decider on how we finish but you know if we lose that game I don't think the the whole season is garbage definitely agree I I think that my what I've pretty much said throughout this whole thing is I I think that we'll certainly get the the non-conference games as I mentioned and then at least one SEC game but I really just don't see them maybe excluding Alabama getting just straight up outclassed I think that they're going to show a lot of fight I, I feel I hate taking things back to the Bielema era. But you remember that those first two seasons, even though they went three and nine, there were very like maybe excluding South Carolina and, and Alabama, you felt like that they were right on the edge. I mean, they were just, they would give their hearts out every single play. 
And then in 2014, excluding getting blown out pretty bad and at Auburn to start the season. I mean, every other game, if they didn't win, it was extremely close. And I think we're going to see something similar to that this year. This is a very hungry team, a very young team, but we're certainly going to see some growing pains. I don't think that there's any doubt about that. One thing I do want to bring up before we close out here is we've talked about or we've heard so much. Another one of the main topics that has been discussed is he made Chad and this and this coaching staff made the wrong decision last year uh, on the quarterback. I tend to agree with that, but at the same time, I really don't know that they. I really don't know what else they could have done. Um, I, Ty was definitely the better option, but I feel like that their mindset was okay. Both of these quarterbacks are probably not the guy that are that I'm going to have in the future. This is what we have to work with right now. And Cole Kelly was the one that had the starting experience, whereas you had. Ty story that had only thrown four passes in, in his entire career. And as, as bad as the quarterback play was, and you had equally as bad receiving play. I mean, guys couldn't get off the ball, couldn't get separation. You had guys like Jared Cornelius that were making all these different excuses. I mean, you saw it in press, you saw it in the post-game press conferences and then play, previous players from various sports teams calling him out. And, you had some decent offensive line play as the season went on, and then you obviously didn't have a whole lot of play on defense really after the a and I mean, A&M, they played pretty well, and there was a couple other ones where they showed some heart. But, I mean, all around, it was just bad, and I think it made the QB play that much worse. I'm not defending Cole Kelly or Ty Story, but my, I'm saying all this to say is that, yes, we have new guys at just about every position, and I think that – Regardless, you I mean you mentioned a new QB room this year. I think that no matter what the case is, is that we will see a major improvement, whether it's Ben Hicks or Nick Starkle. And I think that's just something we need to focus on. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, I, you know, Brett Bielema, as much as you want to make fun of him not knowing, you know, a good quarterback from a bad quarterback, he did. He did coach Russell Wilson, so I know he came in uh, from NC State, I believe, but. Um, he was the reason Brett got this raise and, and the move to the SEC was Wisconsin going on that amazing run in the Big Ten. And um, I mean, so you, you've got to think that he knew at least what a good quarterback was compared to not. And I specifically remember him talking in a press conference. He said, remember the name Cole Kelly. He's going to be a big, big name quarterback for Arkansas. And I don't know if that just didn't translate on the field or if the coaching, you know, going from Brett's offense to Chad's, I'm sure was like, you know, learning your ABCs to geometry. I mean, um, I can't put it all on him that, you know, the coach got fired in the middle of his career and that could have been part of it. But I, I agree. I mean, it was the team as a whole um, that played a huge factor in, in his unsuccessfulness at Arkansas. But you got to feel for the guy. He went to Southeastern Louisiana State and lost the starting job. Yeah, and I mean that's that's pretty something's going on. Is. Well, and the guy the guy that's playing over him is a senior has been there for a while. He passed for 3000 yards last year, but his touchdown to interception ratio was like 13 to 9 or something. I mean, he yeah, he had a lot of passing yards, but he also threw over 400 and threw over 400 passes and they only had they only went to a 4 and 7 record. So, I don't care how good that is or what your ranking is in the FCS. If you're a guy that's coming from the SEC, you should most certainly get the job there. And then I mean, even Ty Stories. 
I mean, that just shows right there not one single guy that Bielema recruited at quarterback, excluding Jack Lindsey, you know, the field goal holder, which uh, he's never played it down. But besides – like there's not one – besides Jack, there is not a single quarterback, at least that is on scholarship, that – and Chad's only been here for 18 months, and they've completely revamped the, the quarterback room. I mean, that tells you all you need to know right there. You know, you're not, you're not talking down on the kids. You're just being realistic, and that's just – the fact of the matter. So, but yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, I'm, I'm ready for it too. The talking is almost over by the time that I, the time I hop back on another pod, it will be covering a game. So that cannot come soon enough. I know you're looking forward to it as well. Absolutely. I will be there Saturday. I saw Nikki Chavanel tweeted out that the weather's supposed to be like 82 degrees. So it will uh, definitely not hopefully be a sauna on Saturday, but I, I saw that man, myself in the man, fall. Or go ahead. Oh, I was going to say there, there's not a better place to be on a Saturday than um, Fayetteville in the fall. And I'm, I'm one of those that are excited about the smell of the grass out there. I I'm jealous of the weather that they're going to have. I saw her tweet that as well. And I would give anything to have that in South Texas right now with this, with this uh, triple digit and humidity we have going. So I bet you have a score prediction for the game. I'm going to go obviously hogs. I'll go 42. I'll go 42, 10 hogs. 42. And uh, I'm going to say at least all three being Cole, being uh, Cole Kelly. Ben, we were just talking about him. We got him on my mind. Nick Starkle, Ben Hicks, and John Stephen Jones all get reps. You think we'll see KJ at all? I don't think we're going to see KJ. Well, actually, this that well, we might see him a little bit because, of course, he's got the four games. So we'll probably see him in this game, and then maybe the the other two this month or like within the next month, San Jose State and Colorado State, and then maybe against Western Kentucky. Maybe possibly depending on how he does or what another team throws at him. He might get reps, maybe depending on whatever kind of package they might put him in. Uh, but, Oh, I, I think that he'll get his fair share, but he won't get, I don't, I don't know that he'll get any meaningful ones. Uh, just kind of some to get him a little tuned up for the offense. Well, my prediction was close to you. I'm saying 48, 13. Hopefully I they, think, do what uh, they need to do. Yeah, I think he's going to want to get limpered out there to kick a few field goals, even though we uh, we could have scored touchdowns. I feel like he's going to dial it back just to put him in a position to kick. So we'll see. But uh, I think Ben Hicks opens up the, the game with a touchdown drive, and I think he's going to look very impressive. Hopefully so. so, so we can we can start this optimism on the, on the up. That secondary for Portland State is atrocious. Well, and I saw that they had that 400-pound offensive lineman uh, that everybody was freaking out about, which I I actually like that because I don't think that he's going to have a chance against whichever defensive end he lines up against. But either way, I don't think that they're going to have a chance at all. All right, well, I'm looking forward to it. Let's talk again soon. Sure, go ahead and plug your uh, socials. That way we can know exactly where to find you. Yeah, go find me, Matt Grissom, at Grissom Tweets, and follow the Fans Edge. It's at the Fans Edge. We've got Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and we also just got our website up and going today at www.thefansedge.com. So hit us up, uh, subscribe to our podcast, and and me and Michael Wilson will be coming to you every Sunday evening, uh, recapping this week the weekend of college football. So awesome! Sounds good, man. Look forward to listening to it. 
Thank you all for listening. As always, my name is Kyle Sutherland. For Matt Grissom, you have been listening to Tech Talks. 